Welcome to this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the paper and packaging podcast. I'm Greg Johnson with Sustana Fiber, and as always, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Dr. Marta Pazos. Hi, Greg. So, Marta, I'm not sure if one of your New Year's resolutions of 2023 is to clean out your closet of some of those clothes that you never seem to wear and recycle them, but that's why we couldn't be more excited to have as our guest today, Katie Brill, a passionate environmentalist and the Senior VP of Public Relations and Communications at Junk Couture in Dublin, Ireland, here with us today. Katie will share how her unique organization is empowering school children around the world by developing their interest in fashion and sustainability through designing clothes out of recycled materials, including paper, to better our environment. Katie, it's great to see you again, and thank you for visiting with us today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the Pulp Nonfiction Podcast, Greg. It's honestly so nice to be here, seeing you again, and also with you, Marta. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being here. Fantastic. Well, Katie, why don't we start off, if you could tell our audience just a little bit about Junk Couture and its mission of nurturing students' creativity and how you upcycle everything from paper to pop cans into recycle clothing for competitions. Absolutely, Greg. So I suppose let's get started right from the beginning and what Junk Couture is. So it is a platform for youth creative expression that offers a fashion competition, like you said, but also an educational program that challenges students in schools aged 13 to 18 years. And what we challenge them to do is to create wearable fashion out of nothing but 100% recycled materials before they then take to global stages, showcasing their sustainable designs and their backstories to the world. So we have been running in Ireland now for 12 years and in 2021 we decided to launch globally in five new markets and it has been an amazing period of time launching into the UK, the US as well, France, Italy, the UAE and it was just at the beginning of January on January 11th um, we were in Abu Dhabi for our first ever world final of Junkature where we had 10 top design teams from each of the markets, their teachers and also supporters who came across from these markets um, with their designs to take to the stage of the Etihad Arena on Yaz Island. And it really was a true celebration of creativity, sustainability, youth voices, culture and talent as well to throw them in there. And we crowned the first ever World Designer of the Year, which was just an incredible experience. And we look forward to continuing our mission. And I suppose speaking of our mission and speaking of creativity and sustainability, it really boils down to enriching and empowering the lives of young people through both creativity and also sustainability, because we target six of the 17 United Nations SDG goals. And really what we want to achieve is to highlight the fact to youth that what we view as junk can always be recycled into useful and impactful ways. And through that, Greg, we actually create the circular engineers of tomorrow. And that's what we call these young people because they are our future leaders and our future change makers. And I suppose we we know that the youth can often feel helpless in the face of climate change. And at Junkature, we really want to give them the platform to not only use their voice, but to showcase their creative solutions to climate change. And each year we're absolutely 
blown away by the innovation and incorporation of steam into not only just their thought processes but the creation of their designs um and what always blows me away is that these are youth that are creating these they are using their innovation their innate creativity that they all have and we just use fashion as the medium to tackle sustainability. So, well, Katie, I got to tell you that and Greg mentions many times to many of our guests that I am an avid runner. I am more of an avid fashionista. I love fashion. I was one of those that was devouring Project Runway. But tell us, how do you score these contests, uh, these contests, these, these um pieces right how how do you possibly judge this yeah and really good question marta because you see everything and anything there's no rules at junk couture students can create a ball gown dress something that's very costume like like Cirque du Soleil or you know something that's very Met Gala inspired it could be space inspired so we see everything so when you try to I suppose bottle them all into one category to judge it in one category you can't so when it comes to the judging we have a diverse range of judges across all our markets um in in junk couture so be it in France you have industry experts there in in um in London the US and so on and you know each judge looks for different things but overall we have a set number of I suppose tick boxes and that's where it comes down to the innovation um so the choice of materials and if it is something Something as simple as the use of paper or the use of plastic what is the innovation what are the techniques the students are showing with that use of a simple material that we have in abundance so what techniques are they showing um, how do they collect them do they raise awareness to their community going out to local businesses collecting the materials do they put a collection um, boxes around their school similar to that as well as the wearability of it as well that's another point that we'd be looking at very difficult when you are using on conventional materials in junk couture to stay away from glue getting kids um to think about melting sewing weaving all these different things and none of these students have a background in fashion design by the way um this is just your ordinary art classrooms engineering classrooms home economics classrooms or extracurricular activities that they're running and i would say 95 percent of these students have had no interest before in fashion design they like fashion like wearing fashion we all we all wear fashion it's a form of expression but a lot of them don't have actual um training in in fashion design so it's getting them to think outside the box and that's a big thing the judges look for as well and then lastly as well is definitely the stories behind the creations so these students are incredibly um inspiring their own personal stories first and foremost but then the stories they tell through their junk couture designs and that's what probably Personally, for me, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things that comes from junk couture is the stories, be it habitat loss, plastic pollution, the climate industry, the voices of youth and the environmental movement. And then that's what inspires them to choose their materials. And I love what comes from that. And that's something that the judges look for. Does the choice of materials and the silhouette of the garment go with the story they're trying to tell? And I think that's an amazing form of education for the students because they're challenged to think of the story and not just the material and the designing aspect. It's a whole 360. What's it like organizing these high profile events and what's been the, the public's response um, to junk couture? 
it can be quite stressful at times when you're coordinating events and delicate garments and and students and schools and all the logistics that go with that but they always are a success and it comes down to one thing and that really is our duty of care to ensure that these students are in having an incredible experience getting to showcase their hard work and talents that they put into their sustainable designs over several months because it is a year-round program across the academic year and it's honestly the most rewarding thing for us after an event be it you know taking the kids to Cannes Film Festival to show off their design if we've been invited there or the NBA game and and then we have obviously our yearly events where the students get to show their designs at their at their city finals and you know we hear things like I was on the same arena as be a uh, same stage as Beyonce and it's just things like that and 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 seeing what comes seeing what these events mean to them apologies there's a lot of us out there that would love to start a program like this and you've mentioned that there is no cost to the students how are you funded and so junket sure although there's no cost involved for the students that's the number one most important thing to us is that it's an inclusive community and there is no barriers to entry for young people be it from whatever background whatever country they're from and and that's what's really important because we want to equip these students with the green skills that they need and for funding junket at the moment we are funded in, in several different ways um and it's a lot a lot through sponsorship and partnerships with you know support with governing bodies in each of the markets as well and with bigger um partnerships like for example we're now working with Deloitte across several youth sustainability initiatives. They have been an incredible partner of ours this year. I've been lucky enough to work with them and they have come on to help with our master classes, for example. So it's helping with the funding of our resources that we are able to offer to our classrooms across the world. And that's what's really important. Do you ever think maybe down the road there might be some commercialization of, of, of some of your, your students' creations where we could someday maybe um, see some of Junkatour's apparel in Harrods department store or in Macy's or, or Target here in, in North America? Greg, that would be the dream, honestly. And it was, you know, we were in London recently at the Brand Licensing Europe event to meet students perform on the stage there alongside Products of Change and the United Nations. And it was a beautiful um, event that we were involved in. And it was one of the students that myself and my colleague were looking at and she had these stunning embellished gloves that she created out of like fruit and vegetable netting and all old costume jewelry that was weaved in throughout it and they were stunning and I was like that is a that is something that people would wear now look at the Christmas holidays what people wear with the the their own netting um tights with the little jewels on it they're wearing all these diamante tops I was like the this is a product that could be sold that people would wear and she created that and absolutely Greg down the line that is definitely where we want to go with Junkature is nurturing these students who actually have a real passion for fashion I suppose and then developing their a section of their garment be it that it's a whole piece or it might be a headpiece an accessory a pair of shoes or a top that's that's been inspired by their junkature design absolutely that is the way forward for us you yourself actually won junkature's glamour award when you were in high school um in ireland and how did that experience um help you how does that help you in your role now katie in terms of um junkature yeah, so that was, gosh, like 10 years ago now, I was 16. Um, it's a cr 
crazy long time ago now and I think about it, I'm still involved with Junkature and you know it's just the most amazing experience for me and when I won the Glamour Award I don't think anyone in Junkature and I, a lot of the bosses and you know in Junkature and my colleagues don't believe that the students go in and don't think about the prizes but genuinely you don't you just want to be there with your peers show off your creation all your hard work and if you get a prize it's a bonus and that night when I got awarded with my teammates the Glamour Award and we went to London from Ireland which I know is only an hour flight but at the time it was huge for us in school to go to London and be on um, it was the green carpet at the time for the film um, The Hobbit and Prince Kate, um, Princess Kate and Prince William were there, Ian McKellen and I was there in an orange peel dress, dried out orange peels and I was just rocking it and for me that experience was just surreal, I don't think I knew what to expect until I arrived that day and when I think back and what it's done for me now and my role in the organisation, I've been with Jumpature for just over three years. I went off to university and came back, but always stayed involved in some capacity with workshops and so on. But when I look back and ask myself, what did that do? It was huge for my confidence, absolutely huge. And it was huge for my own self-belief. And yeah, I left university studying something completely different and um got in touch with the CEO of Junkature, offered me a job and three years later I've I've never left and it was just a crazy experience and something I'm so grateful for and I get to then share my story with future students at Junkature today and it's so nice because I can relate to what they're going through. Katie, I know you're well aware that uh, Sustana's recycled fiber is added to all kinds of sustainable food and beverage packaging from paper cups and carry out containers to sandwich wraps and even microwavable sleeves. Um, what, what can you tell us uh, what's going on in Ireland specifically and the European Union in general in terms of people switching from plastics to paper, especially in single use applications? I suppose in, in Europe and in Ireland specifically, um, we are seeing less and less single-use plastic, which I think is brilliant. The trend can only continue in the right direction, fingers crossed, and we can only be hopeful. And for me, I think the biggest eye-opener has been that I have not had a single-use plastic straw in Europe in forever. Same thing with paper bags. Uh, cost on paying for single-use plastic bags now as well. You can't just get them for free anymore. There's a cost with them, a lot of paper bags and takeaway food and supermarket industries and then also lots of paper packaging for products itself so we're seeing a growth in less plastic and more paper items in antiperspirants coffee beans um even in when you get a parcel now instead of the bubble wrap it's like paper filler you know that it's the shredded paper that they're that they're putting in and so the trends are definitely stepping away from plastic and, and moving in the right direction which is which is great to see and that's what i've been noticing the more time i spend in Europe, Greg, and definitely think there's some other parts of the world that have a lot of catching up to do for sure. I have to say, I actually grew up in Spain and back in Spain in the 80s, there was not a lot of plastic straws either because there was no straws, period. It's always been my um, argument here in the US that the best solution to single plastic use Single-use plastic items is more like a straws, right? That there is no way that you can collect and repurpose, recycle, or any other thing is, do we really need them, right? So think about it. Do we really need a straw or a lot of them, right? Probably 
no. <laughs> right? It's a good, so. That's a good point, Marta. So, Katie, you were um, at the COP27 UN Climate Change Convention uh, last November in 2022, and Jun Couture had a display there. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what the reaction was of um, some of the attendees at COP27 about some of Jun Couture's clothing, as, as well as um, in other events? And, and what do people actually, um, how do they respond when they find out that your, your clothing is actually made out of recycled materials? Yeah, so I attended COP27 with Jun Couture and it was with our partner Deloitte as well as we've collaborated with them recently on several youth sustainability initiatives. And it was honestly an incredible few days. I went not knowing what to expect. And here I was with two Jun Couture designs um, all the way over from Egypt in my suitcase and ready to set up um, a stand at the Resilience Hub at COP27. So one of the designs we brought over was called VIP. Any guesses what it's made from? Wow. No? VIP. Vegetable? Vegetable? Vegetable yes. Something? Okay. Pods. There we go. Pea pods, you know the pea pods. Oh, yes. In, yeah. So these students had collected them from local restaurants. So the pea pods that aren't used in cooking, they were dried out and used in the in the creation of their design with also um vegetable netting. So it was an incredible design. The contrast of the green and the orange in the netting, and then we also brought over a design called netiquette, and that was made from plastic single-use laundry bags and some um scrap fringing from um um laundrettes as well that they had as well so it was a beautiful design and the two of them were brought over and displayed on mannequins and on the reaction side greg when people look at it and they see couture the last thing they think is that it's made from junk as well and people are truly amazed and to top it off then when you tell them it's created by students they can't believe it and they're full of questions like what is this oh my god because they're so beautiful and especially when you know you go to a junk couture event and, and you see them on stage it's very different getting to see them on a mannequin then up close and personal and you see the detail and you can see the material and it's just like whoa this is incredible what these students are doing let's talk about materials for a, a moment or two about some of the recycled materials you use at junk couture specifically paper. Yeah, recycled paper as a textile for students um, getting involved in junk couture is definitely in our top three most used materials every single year. Um, we've been in Ireland for 12 years, as I mentioned, and still to this day, even launching in, in, in new countries, it's still a top three um, material to use at junk couture. And, you know, I think it's because that there's not only so many different forms of paper products around us, but so many ways that the material can be manipulated and transformed to create different textures, patterns, shapes. And that's why I love when I see students working with paper, because never two dresses or designs look the same, which is great. And when it comes to the types they use, we've seen everything from... Gosh, food packaging, um, newspapers, cardboard, school textbooks. Um, students get really like creative when it comes to seeing what they have around them and they get creative with dyeing the paper as well, which I love to see. So we've seen students dyeing it with turmeric, with coffee grounds as well. We've seen them using beetroot. I've seen like um stamps with beetroot that they've dyed boiled in water and used that as a dye for paper and then like I said different techniques that they've been showing us like 
weaving with paper as well and crunching it up and using other materials like wire hangers and might be some sort of plastic that they're melting in between the paper so it's connecting the paper together by melting plastic with their designs you know talking about recycled materials uh katie i i know you know this time of year the new year a lot of people have resolutions um and and one of them usually is to you know clean out uh reorganize uh their households and whatnot and I've, I've seen um, in the website, onegreenplanet.org, they said that only about 15.3% of clothing is recycled compared to say paper products, which is at about almost 68% now. Um, are there any types of programs that Junk Couture is involved in, in terms of reclaiming and repurposing uh, worn or used clothing that you can in turn recycle and upcycle into new designs? Yeah, so I suppose going to your statistic first, Greg, it's quite similar here in, in the UK and Ireland with around 10% of clothing being recycled, which is seriously low. But one of the organisations that we work closely with at Junkature is a company called NCBI. It's a charity, apologies. And we do um, what we do with them is we organise school trips for students to visit uh, the NCBI warehouse. And at the NCBI warehouse, um, that is where they bring all the bags of clothes that are donated and that they get their hands dirty, the students get in amongst the bags and they are involved in the sorting and selecting of the garments um, that have to go back to the charity shops for consumers to buy again we have to you know start looking at the consumer making them more aware getting them to choose to reuse and recycle rather than throw away fashion or buy more and that will help us get closer to the goal of reducing the environmental impact of the fashion industry i think well katie as we wrap up our conversation with you today um i just wanted to ask you um both personally and professionally, what do you do on a daily basis um, to help our environment? So for me personally, I think it's things like always carrying around a water bottle that can be refilled at water stations. They are popping up everywhere now. I think that's the most simplest thing people can do. A tote bag in my handbag always just in case I do pick up some groceries or whatnot saves me having to last minute buy one of those plastic bags. And that to me, I suppose, with water and plastic bags, although I find them so easy to incorporate into my other life, I still can't fathom that other people can't do it in theirs. And then I suppose the biggest change for me was, and to Marta's point about fashion and buying fashion, I also wasn't the best. Was I asking myself simple questions when I was buying, is this my fashion or is this a trend is this my own personal style or is this a trend that I'm following and will I wear this a minimum of 30 times and that's something I ask myself every time I do shop now it's asking these people do you need that and if you are going to buy it will you wear it a minimum of 30 times to make sure you're extending the life cycle of that garment and it's not going to sit in the back of your closet and it's not going to then subsequently end up in landfill Katie it's been a really uh, a pleasure speaking with you today. We're we're so excited about all the the wonderful work you're doing on behalf of students as well as the environment um, with Junk Couture, and uh, 
we wish you continued success on the fashion front in 2023. Oh, thank you so much, Greg. It was a pleasure speaking to both you and Marta and loved all your questions and I hope your audience enjoyed too. Thank you so much again for having me and for having Jean Couture. Join us next month for a new edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the paper and packaging podcast. And be sure to visit sustanafiber.com for previous podcasts, as well as for more information on all our recycled fiber products for your sustainable packaging needs. Thanks again. Remember to recycle and we'll see you again soon.